Today's story is The Pet written by Anton Chekhov. It was dark autumn night. The old banker was walking up and down his study and remembering how 15 years before he had given a party one autumn evening. There had been many clever men there and there had been interesting conversations. Among other things, they had talked of capital punishment. The majority of guests among whom were many journalists and intellectual men disapproved of how death penalty is bad they considered that form of punishment is out of date immoral and unsuitable for christian states in the opinion of some of them the death penalty ought to be replaced everywhere by imprisonment for life i would agree with you said their host the banker I have not tried either death penalty or imprisonment for life but if one may judge a priori the death penalty is more moral and more humane than imprisonment for life capital punishment kills a man at once but lifelong imprisonment kills him slowly which executioner is the more humane he who kills you in a few minutes or who drags the life out of you in the course of many years both are equally immoral observed one of the guest for they both have the same subject to take away life the state is not god it has not the right to take away what it cannot restore when it wants to among the guests was a young lawyer a young man of 5 and 20 when he was asked his opinion he said the death sentence and the life sentence are equally immoral but If I had to choose between death penalty and imprisonment for life, I would certainly choose the second. To live anyhow is better than not at all. A lively discussion arose. The banker, who was younger and more nervous in his those days, was suddenly carried away by excitement. He struck the table with his fist and shouted at the young man. It is not true. I'll bet you two million and you won't stay in a solitary confinement for five years. If you mean that in earnest, said the young man, I'll take the bet. But I would not stay five but fifteen years. Fifteen? Done, cried the banker. Judgment, I stake two million. Agreed. You stake your millions and I stake my freedom, said the young man. and this wild senseless bet was carried out the banker spoiled and frivolous with millions beyond his reckoning was delighted at the bet at supper he made fun of the young man and said think better of it young man where there is still time to me 2 million is a trifle but you are losing 3 or 4 of the best years of your life i'd say 3 or 4 because you won't stay longer don't forget either you unhappy man that voluntary confinement is a great deal harder to bear than compulsory the thought that you have the right to step out in liberty at any moment will poison your whole existence in prison i am sorry for you and now the banker walking to and fro remembered all this and asked himself what was the object of the bet What is the good of that man losing 15 years of his life and my throwing away 2 million? 
can it prove that death penalty is better or worse than imprisonment for life no no it was all nonsensical and meaningless on my part it is a caprice of a pampered man and on his part simple greed for money then he remembered what followed that evening it was decided that the young man should spend the years of his captivity under the strictest supervision of in one of the lodges in the banker's garden it was agreed that for 15 years he should not be free to cross the threshold of the lodge to see human beings to hear the human voice or to receive letters and newspapers he was allowed to have musical instrument and books he was allowed to write letters to drink wine and to smoke by the terms of the agreement the only relations he could have with the outer world were by a little window made purposely for that object he might have anything he wanted books music wine and so on in any quantity he decided by writing an order but could only receive them through the window the agreement provided for every detail and every trifle that would make his imprisonment strictly solitary and bound the young man to stay there exactly 15 years beginning from 12 o'clock of november 14 1870 and the ending of 12 o'clock november 14 1885 the slightest attempt on his part to break the conditions if only 2 minutes before the end released the banker from the obligation to pay him 2 million for the first year of his confinement as far as one could judge from the his brief notes the prisoner suffered severely from loneliness and depression the sounds of piano could be heard continually day and night from his lodge he refused to wine and tobacco wine He wrote, excites the desires. The desires are the worst force of the prisoner. And besides, nothing could be more dreary than drinking good wine and seeing no one. And tobacco spoiled the air of his room. In the first year, the books he sent were principally of the light characters. Novels with complicated love plot, sensational and fantastic stories and so on. In the second year, the piano was silent on the lodge. the prisoner asked only for the classics in the fifth year music was audible again and the prisoner asked for wine to those who watched him through the window said that all the year he spent doing nothing but eating and drinking and lying on his bed frequently yawning and angrily talking to himself he did not read books sometimes at night he would sit down to write he would spend hours writing and in the morning tear up all that he had written more than once he could be heard crying in the second half of sixth year the prisoner began seriously studying languages philosophy and history he threw himself eagerly into these studies so much so that the banker had enough to do to get him the books he ordered in the course of four years of some 600 volumes were procured at his request it was during this period that the banker received the following letter from his prisoner my dear jailer i write you these lines in six languages show them to people who know the languages let them read them if they find not one mistake i implore you to fire a shot in the garden that shot will show me that my efforts have not been thrown away 
the geniuses of all ages and of all the lands speak different languages but the same flame burns in all of them oh if you only knew what unearthly happiness my soul feels now from being able to understand them the prisoner's desire was fulfilled the banker ordered two shots to be fired in the garden then after 10th year the prisoner sat immovably at the table and read nothing but gossip it seems strange to the banker that a man who in 4 years had mastered 600 learned volumes should waste nearly a year over one thin book of easy comprehension theology and histories of religion followed the gospels in the last two years of his confinement the prisoner read an immense quantity of book quite indiscriminately at one time he was busy with the natural sciences then he would ask byron or shakespeare there were notes in which he demanded at the same time book on chemistry and a manual on medicine and a novel and some treatise on philosophy or theology his reading suggested a man swimming in the sea among the wreckage of his ship and trying to save his life by greedily clutching fast at one spar and then at another the old banker remembered all of this and thought tomorrow at 12 o'clock he will regain his freedom by our agreement i ought to pay him 2 million if i do pay him it's all over with me i shall be utterly ruined 15 years before his millions had been beyond his reckon now he was afraid to ask himself which were greater his debts or his assets desperate gambling on the stock exchange wild speculation and excitability which he could not get over in advancing years had by degrees led to the decline of his fortune and the proud fearless self confident billionaire had become a banker of middling rank trembling at every rise and fall of his investments cursed wet muttered the old man clutching his head in despair why did the man die he is only 40 now he will take my last penny from me he will marry will enjoy life will gamble on the exchange while i shall look at him and envy like a beggar and hear from him every day the same sentence i am indebted to you for the happiness of my life let me help you no it's too much the one means of being saved from bankruptcy and disgrace is the death of that man it struck 3 o'clock the banker listened everyone was asleep in the house and nothing could be heard outside but the rustling of chill trees trying to make no noise he took from a fireproof safe the key of the door which had not been opened for 15 years put on his overcoat and went out of the house it was dark cold in the garden rain was falling a damp cutting wind was racing about the garden howling and giving trees no rest The banker strained his eyes, but could see neither earth nor the white statues, nor the lodge, nor the trees. Going to the spot where the lodge stood, he twice called the watchman. No answer followed. Evidently, the watchman had sought shelter from the weather and was now asleep somewhere, either in the kitchen or in the greenhouse. If I had the pluck to carry out my intention, thought the old man, suspicion would fall first upon the watchman. He felt in the darkness for steps and the door. went into the entry of the lodge then he groped his way 
into a little passage and lighted a match. There was not a soul there. There was a bedstead with no bedding on it. And in the corner, there was a dark cast iron stove. The seals on the door leading to the prisoner's rooms. When the match went out, the old man trembling with emotion peeped through the little window. A candle was burning dimly in the prisoner's room. He was sitting at the table. Nothing could be seen but his back, the hair on his head and his hands. Open books were lying on the table, on the two easy chairs and on the carpet near the table. Five minutes passed and prisoner did not once stir. Fifteen years imprisonment had taught him to sit so still. The banker tapped the window with his finger and the prisoner made no movement whatever in response. Then the banker cautiously broke the seals of the door and put the key in the keyhole. The rusty lock gave grating sounds and the door creaked. The banker expected to hear at once footsteps and cry of astonishment. But three minutes passed and it was as quiet as ever in the room. He made up his mind to go in. At the table, a man unlike ordinary people was sitting motionless. He was a skeleton with light skin drawn tight over his bones. With long curls like woman's and shaggy beard, his face was yellow with an earthly tint in it. His cheeks were hollow, his back long and narrow, and the hand on which his shaggy head was propped was so thin and delicate that it was dreadful to look at it. His hair was already streaked with silver, and seeing his emaciated, aged looking face, no one would have believed that he was only 40. He was asleep. In front of his bowed head there lay a table, a sheet of paper on which there was something written in fine handwriting. Poor creature, thought the banker, he is asleep and most likely dreaming of millions, and I have only to take his half-dead man, throw him out of bed, stifle him. Sentious expert would find no sign of violent death. But, but let us first read what he has written here. The banker took the page from the table and read as follows. Tomorrow at 12 o'clock I regain my freedom and the right to associate with other men. But before I leave this room and see the sunshine, I think it is necessary to say a few words to you. With a clear conscience I tell you, as before God, who beholds me, that I, despise, that I despise freedom and life and health, and all that in your books is called good things of the world. For 15 years I have been intently studying earthly life. It is true I have not seen earth nor man, but in your books I have drunk fragrant wine, I have sung songs, I have hunted stags and wild horse in the forest, I have loved women, beauties as ethereal as clouds. Created by the magic of your poets and geniuses, have visited me at night and have whispered in my ears wonderful tales that have set my brain in twirl. In your books, I have climbed to the peaks of Elpas and Mount Black and from there I have seen the sunrise and have watched it at evening. Flood the sky, the ocean, the mountain tops with golden crimson. I have watched from there the lightning flashing over my head and cleaving the storm clouds. I have seen green forests, fields, rivers, lakes and downs. I have heard the singing of sirens and the strains of shepherd pipes. I have touched the wings of comely devils who flew down to converse with me of God. 
in your books i have flung myself into the bottomless pit performed miracles slain burned towns preached new religions conquered whole kingdoms your books have given me wisdom all that the unresting thought of man has created in the ages is compressed into small compass in my brain i know that i am wiser than all of you and i despise your books i despise wisdom and the blessings of this world it's all worthless fleeting illusory and like a mirage you may be proud wise and fine but death will wipe you off the face of earth as though you were no more than mice burrowing under the floor and your posterity your history your immortal geniuses will burn or freeze together with the earthy glow you lost your reason and taken the wrong path you have taken lies for truth and hideousness for you would marvel if owing to strange events of some sort frogs and lizards suddenly grew on apple and orange trees instead of fruit or if roses began to smell like a sweating horse so i marvel at you who exchange heaven for earth i don't want to understand you to prove to you in action how i despise all that you live by i renounce the 2 million of which i once dreamed as of paradise and which now I... to deprive myself of the right to the money i shall go out from here why ask for the time fixed and so break the compact when the banker had read this he laid the page on the table kissed the strange man on the head and went out of the lodge weeping at no other time even when he had lost heavily on the stock exchange had he felt so great a contempt for himself when he got home he lay on his bed but his tears and emotion kept him for hours from sleeping next morning the watchman ran in with a pale face and told him they had seen a man who lived in the lodge climb out of the window into the garden go to the gate and disappear the banker went at once with the servants to the lodge and made sure of the flight of his prisoner to avoid arousing unnecessary talk he took from the table the writing in which the millions were renounced and when he got home locked it up in the fireproof safe